0: As the time delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope! This one out, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
3: Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz biz Radio, brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Colm Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm joined, as always, by one of the co-owners of Rotoviz, it's Mr. Sean Siegel. Uh, Sean, the season is uh, it's really flying by at this point. It's been a lot of fun, as we've mentioned on pretty much each and every show. We've been enjoying high-scoring offences, so we've been enjoying teams that we've uh, been you know building and developing and co-owning, all doing well over the last few weeks, so it's, it's all going uh, pr- pretty good from that perspective but this past week uh, not such a good week for my packers we're going to be talking to, about a player who did the damage to them in a, a couple of moments here uh, with phenomenal performance and we're going to have a, a little clip uh, in the second half of the show we've been doing the clips uh been sent in to us by different analysts uh you know, from around the industry. And we're going to have Blair Andrews do a clip on today's show. We're going to have a clip on Thursday's show from our good buddy, Ben Gretch. And uh, looking forward to answering those questions that uh, they've sent in to us. So we're doing that in the second half of the show, but lots to get to. Uh, Sean this week uh as we've continued i know nobody cares about our fantasy teams but um th- those those road his overtime teams after starting off pretty pretty drastically at uh, 0-3 apiece we're, uh we're really fighting back into that playoff chase with a, a number of uh, solid weekly wins under our belt now
1: yeah and the big mover there for us dalvin cook with that chasing ot team obviously a team we put together with the ship chasing guys it's always fun to own a team and and interact with pat and pete they've been on the show listeners are familiar with them we had the interesting choice the difficult choice at the 103 most teams taking ezekiel elliott right there obviously not a bad pick he was having a fantastic season until the cowboys offense really collapsed around him and we can see the value of having an offense around you uh, when we look at what the cowboys are doing right now the two players that we really liked, though were Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. And we had some Kamara teams, Kamara having a fantastic season. Obviously, that would have been a shoo-in, knowing what we know now. Kamara having one of those historic seasons, challenging Christian McCaffrey's running back receiving record. But we went with Dalvin Cook to get a little bit of a mix with some of those Kamara teams. Cook not going that early his ADP several spots later but we felt like the arguments for Cook really justified a selection that early and he was having a very strong season through five weeks then second half of week five he has the groin injury and then in week eight he comes out and has a 48.6 point game and for anyone who hasn't hold that up on the road of his screener that's the second highest score in week eight in the last 20 years the only player to have scored more points calvin johnson the legendary megatron a 53 point game where he had a 14 catch 329 yard one score performance back in 2013 if anybody had to score more points than dalvin cook it's good to see that it was megatron there You mentioned our teams, a slow start. That chasing OT team was 0-3, but even at that point, we were in good shape in scoring. I was joking that I wanted us to go winless and make the uh, playoffs on points. That hasn't worked out that way. We're now on a five-game winning streak. Those first two, those first three losses where we had two of them by three points or less, those are in the rear view. We're now 10 points out of having the most points in very good position there when lost the only team ahead of us is actually way way behind in terms of total points so we're still hoping that they fall off and don't take one of those key playoff spots but we're now positioned to actually there's a very clear path to being first in points and the best record dalvin cook doing that for us colin tell us a little bit about you know why we picked him and what you think he could do going forward anytime someone has A forty-eight point game, then you know you're predisposed to feel like, okay, this guy's a star. He's going to have a pretty good rest of the season.
3: Well, uh, I think even before this game, we probably thought he was going to have a pretty good rest of the season. Obviously, got the injury, and there was a there was a period in this game where uh, he went down and he kind of was a little bit slow to get back up very early in the game. And I thought, well, maybe that groin has gone again, but um, obviously that wasn't the case. And you know he obviously had the the very long reception for the touchdown but this game he only had two receptions off three targets um but in terms of like what kirk cousins done there was only 14 pass attempts from him in the game so i think we'll see uh games where cook has more work in the receiving game which obviously will pad that floor for him but you know in terms of like getting the goal line carries on an offense that mightn't get there that much but he is the truth like you can look at workhorses around the league in terms of what they can do and there is talented running backs in this backfield you know in minnesota but just this is this team's going as far as dalvin cook takes them uh i think they're probably glad they signed him to that contract um a couple of weeks just just very right before the season because that that would just be going up and up every single every single snap that he takes at the moment he just looks explosive looks electric uh looks just absolutely phenomenal and what he can do in terms of his his movement uh, both in the receiving game and in the running game sets it up really well for the rest of the season uh, we talked last week about some of the teams and how they're concentrated uh, as, as kind of receiving cores but if we look at how this team's set up like we really have we have Thielen we have uh, Jefferson and then we have we have Dalvin Cook himself you know there's not a huge amount going to happen through the passing game I'd say it'd been super efficient we both probably had hopes for Eric Smith to take a step forward this year it really hasn't happened all that yet but Cook looks really good and I, I won't deny that when it came to the the cook Kamara conversation I was higher on Alvin Kamara in the preseason, but I I don't know many people who um, were as confident in Dalvin Cook as you were. I know when we took Kamara and the team with uh, Ben Gretsch that we were talking about, you know, did, did you have too much exposure to Dalvin Cook heading into the season? And when we look at it now, almost like what level would too much exposure be to have him on, on all those rosters? And it becomes a situation too, with these players and you know we see it every year that there's injuries but what we've really seen over the last couple of weeks is those top guys are going down and if you can have a team that is avoiding those injuries it's starting to give teams a real boost around you like you've mentioned about how we're on a five game one streak in that league but there'll be a lot of people listening to the show being similar situations but Some of those teams who are on win streaks may have had serious injuries over the last couple of weeks, and that mightn't be able to be sustained. But if you're a team who has avoided those injuries and you're starting to pick up steam, and the teams around you're losing players, it sets you into a a really positive position as you you head towards those kind of playoff spots over the next couple of weeks. But you know, I'm I'm really confident in in Dalvin Cook and what he's going to do the rest of the season. The, The team in Minnesota were a team I thought may you know give up on the season. They may decide that you know. The, they're like they were one and five before this game they were going to play the Packers they could have went to one and six they they beat the Packers at Lambeau Field which obviously I'm disappointed about but it shows that they're they're not just going to quit on the season at this point and uh, Cook is going to be a major part of that so excited for what he can do and you mentioned uh, the way that Kamara is on a kind of all-time historic season if we look so far like uh, with, with what Cook has been able to do through through those games that he's played and uh you know missing out on the bye week but the guy is just a touchdown machine at the moment so uh let's see where he goes rest of season but um just looking looking tremendous um 652 yards on the ground through those six games 10 touchdowns three 100 yard games uh one touchdown through the air so 11 touchdowns through six games is, is pretty insane um so uh looking forward to see what he does the rest of the year but you mentioned john how that stacks up historically Um, Obviously, the the 2013 uh, game by Calvin Johnson. We all know how good he was. We have Lydiamian Tomlinson in there, you know, along with a host of just phenomenal names we talked a couple of weeks ago and we'll probably we're going to talk about him a little bit later in today's show but it, it seems like uh quite a while ago since we talked about dk metcalf and you know how good his 40.1 <laughs> game was a couple of weeks back but uh that that was outscored this week by eight and a half points by dalvin cook so just truly a memorable game and a, a really anyone that had him on this their rosters this week and lost uh must have had a, a serious amount of other trouble I, I would imagine that he is uh got most of his owners over over the line this week um in terms of in terms of points production but uh, i'm sure sean you're probably would echo those words in terms of uh the confidence and him rest of season there's not much uh there's not much that concerns me with cook outside of injury
1: yeah and you mentioned uh losing with cook somehow curtis and i did manage to do that and i have to talk <laughs> that as i pushed for the wrong defense this week so when you lose because of the defensive scoring you always sort of regret that we lost by two points had we won this is one of our our teams that is right there the other team uh thankfully last night got the big game or got the, t- the necessary touchdown from rob gronkowski went to eight uh, no i'm Having a, an undefeated team in the FFPC this late in the season is pretty exciting, but it was offset by managing to lose with our Dalvin Cook team. Two-point loss there, which had we won, we'd still be in first place. We're sitting pretty. We get DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray back. A little bit of losing had to do with them being on their bye, but if you win with them on their bye, then you know, you're all set up to finish the season, and we had it. Dalvin Cook did what he needed to do. You know, it would be great if the Baltimore Ravens would throw the ball to Marquise Brown more than once a game. But again, I have to take the blame there. It is possible to lose with Cook. We, we did do that, but Cook has been absolutely fantastic. The, one of the reasons why we wanted him is that his profile has two important doubles in, for me, which is that you have the rushing and the receiving. He doesn't have quite as much receiving as someone like an Alvin Kamara, but it gives him an important secondary uh element to his game that someone like a Derrick Henry doesn't have again we're not necessarily criticizing Derrick Henry who's having a fantastic season in his own right and then with Cook you have both volume and efficiency you go in there you know you look at his 2019 season especially before the injury you're going to see elite numbers in terms of expected points but also elite numbers in terms of fantasy points over expectation when we're looking at taking players in the top five we definitely want stars we want them to have a lot of different paths to get where they're going and to have that ceiling to where you occasionally have this game like you had in week eight where you had both the rushing touchdowns the receiving touchdowns and then you put up this this monster score that was foreshadowed to us by the vikings having much higher actual PPR points much actual higher actual points but also much higher expected points in the 2019 season than those three teams I think were really competing for similar spots in terms of the Saints the Cowboys the Giants now you know none of those players would have been bad picks if you get a chance to get Saquon Barkley if you get a chance to have Ezekiel Elliott you're not going to complain about that and as you mentioned injuries could have gone the other way Having that 103 and hitting on Camara and Cook for most of our teams, you know, there's a big luck factor to that in terms of you know being outside the top two, dodging those injuries to the top guys there. So you know we were fortunate, we are, are very grateful for that, and, and now it's really up to us to make sure we come through and win with those teams. And as you mentioned, if we aren't making it through with Dalvin Cook, then we're probably doing something wrong.
3: With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit, boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed with our $75 credit free credit at indeed.com slash blue wire this is the best offer they have anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid true december 31st
0: i'm dave Cabin, host of the rotoviz fantasy football podcast i wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting rotoviz radio we love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show.
3: So, Sean, I mentioned at the start of the show we were going to have a clip from Blair Andrews. You know, Blair is a major part of everything we do here at Rotoviz and Roadiviz Radio. The managing editor of the website, one of the co-owners. He's the co-host as well of the fantasy football report on road radio with hassan rahim and i highly recommend anyone to head on over and check that out if you aren't doing so already they started up just around week one again them shows come out pretty pretty swiftly after uh, the final kickoff on sunday night football so they get you a great recap as to what's happening around the nfl particularly from a fantasy football perspective but blair has a question that he sent in and uh, i think it's a pretty intriguing one sean so let's uh let's have him
4: Hey guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. After the performances on Sunday, DK Metcalf is the wide receiver 3 overall in fantasy scoring. Tyler Lockett is the wide receiver 1. Now, of course, Lockett is already 28. He's in his 6th season. On the other hand, Metcalf is in his 2nd season. He's still only 22, doesn't turn 23 until December. Uh, He's a freak athlete, obviously, and really seems well-suited for what uh, they're doing in Seattle for for Russ's skill set. So I think this is the sort of situation where we would probably expect to see Lockett start to lose some work to Metcalf on a more consistent basis uh, than we've seen so far this season. So my question is, should we already have Metcalf as the wide receiver one overall in Dynasty? Uh, And if not, who do you have above him?
3: so an interesting one sean we talked about it a couple of weeks ago i said it was 1a and 1b i said let's stop worrying about what is happening with this offense in seattle and dk metcalf just continues to look like a, a huge adult playing among quite small children in terms of how he is physically uh, dominating these games uh, how good he looks how pretty much unstoppable he is when the seahawks use him how they are they like he, when he came out in the draft there was concerns about a lot of different things how he was going to run the route tree what would happen uh, the Seahawks have just like decided right we're going to get him to run these routes that nobody can defend him against and we're just going to run them over and over again and we're going to let Russell Wilson throw the ball downfield to him and he just looks uh, phenomenal Um so I want to put the question to you Blair is asking the question should Metcalf be the wide receiver one in terms of dynasty assets and if not him who should it be? Um, you know, so so young and so early in his NFL career. I think it's a it's a very fair question.
1: We're looking at a guy who, more and more each week, looks like a young Julio Jones, or even you know, dare we say, a young Calvin Johnson? Right. We talked on the show a number of times about where his athletic profile fits. That on that freak score scale, he scored a ninety Megatron up there, setting the mark at one hundred, and the fact that. Metcalf at a 90 and being there with Claypool, and then really a big gap to other players. You have Julio Jones a little bit below that, but most of the rest of the really freakish athletes that we see come in around a 70, right? So we've got a massive gap from the Megatron area and then the Metcalf area and everybody else. And that doesn't necessarily mean that a guy is going to be a superstar, right? And we, Saw Stephen Hill, you know, what he did, probably injuries limited him to an extent. Quarterback play would have limited him to an extent. But when you have someone who has this physical ability and really just indomitable uh, athletic size profile and then you put him with a quarterback like Russell Wilson it's going to be very difficult to make an argument in a different direction when you see what they're currently doing because he's going to finish you know right there with the top wide receivers this year at 22 years old and then your argument would be well you know who could you legitimately have above that and how much of that is sustainable now you go in and look and you can see that both and and Tyler Lockett have seven touchdowns on the early going. That's up with someone like an Adam Thielen. The difference really is that they also are having these uh, crazy numbers in terms of receiving yards. Metcalf number two up there behind Calvin Ridley in terms of air yards. One of the things that obviously tells us is that he's getting targeted, you know, down the field. He has the chance for these big plays frequently and For a number of players, the air yards can be a little bit misleading because a lot of those passes are not going to be completed. But when we have Russell Wilson, it's a a little bit of a different story. Now suddenly we're looking at someone who is this vertical presence and this size speed presence who has a quarterback who has traditionally made those passes. You go back in and you look at the receivers Russell Wilson has played with in the past, and you're also getting these big Gaudy efficiency numbers in terms of fantasy points over expectation, in the same way that we had, especially through the peak for an Aaron Rodgers, but for a quarterback like that, we we know that Russell Wilson is probably not going to continue to throw touchdowns at more than three and a half per game. But even going into twenty twenty, over the past three seasons his average in terms of passing not just not you know completely eliminating the rushing part which he's also good at just in terms of passing fantasy points over expectation he's number three in that category the only players ahead of him would be patrick mahomes you know someone who appears to be on his way to maybe being the greatest quarterback of all time you know you're going to have to beat the peak seasons from aaron Rodgers. you're going to have to beat both the peak seasons and the lengthy tenures for quarterbacks like peyton manning drew Brees, tom brady but being behind patrick mahomes i mean that's that's not something to be concerned about the person who surprisingly jumps in there is ryan tannehill we're going to talk about one of his wide receivers uh, at least briefly here in just a second tannehill doing it on far fewer games we wouldn't expect him to hold up russell wilson has demonstrated over a large period of time that he is going to be an efficient quarterback and now he's an efficient and explosive quarterback so the whole package here sets up in a way that Metcalf not only has a very very high floor but he has these crazy ceiling weeks, like we just saw so to get back to, to Blair's question we would need to know who he's competing against and I think that the three big stars still here uh, at this position DeAndre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, Michael Thomas those first two guys I've had a fantastic uh, 2020 season. Devontae Adams, what he's done in the games where he's been healthy, uh, just, you know, really pretty insane. Thomas hasn't been in for this season, but I, I think that, you know, to completely disregard him after the historic 2019 season he has wouldn't be fair. But when we look at those guys and the ages that they are at, Colin, can we really legitimately put them in the same conversation to be the number one dynasty wide receiver?
3: i think in terms of age it's it's difficult but what i would always say is like obviously we look in dynasty at the assets and what age they are and how that's going to affect their value like we see players playing for longer we see players looking after their body better so as that happens as kind of sports science improves we might see some of these guys peaks actually happen a year or two later than maybe somebody's peak was seven eight years ago so we could see some of these guys potentially play in that little Bit longer in terms of uh, what they can do, and in terms of what those three guys do. In terms of the, the older guys and Hopkins, Adams, and Thomas, a lot of their like we can say Hopkins does stuff based on speed. Adams wasn't one of the fastest players either way coming out of college. So we're looking at players who do a lot based off like kind of technique rather than speed. So that might actually continue for them a little bit longer as well but in terms of what he's done like over the first two seasons of his career here you know he's 22 he's going to be uh, 23 come December but like you know every time I think there's a ceiling for DK Metcalf and I I we talked about it Sean in the offseason about the possibility of him having one of those all-time seasons based on just how big he is how strong he is and how hard it is to cover him but even each game where i think like oh well that's probably his ceiling he just continues to to blow past that like this season he's had two games of double digit receptions one of them was this past week where he, or sorry double digit targets uh th- this past week he had 15 targets for 12 receptions 161 yards so like that's that's career high uh, i guess minnesota he had 11 targets for six receptions prior to that he's not top four receptions he had four 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 six by week two and then 12 so the two obviously was a disappointing game but if we look outside of that he's just like the efficiency you mentioned to wilson but also the efficiency of these wide receivers you'll remember back to that dallas game as well should have had a another touchdown in that game where he kind of you know lost his way as he went towards the end zone um but he just looks so good so big and the thing that i would give him the edge over somebody like a michael thomas is like i would imagine we're probably in the last year of breeze's career if not the second last year at maximum that's going to leave a a big question mark over what happens at the wide receiver position there because part of thomas's value for me is based on how he's used in that offense and how uh, breeze likes to try and manipulate things to to get the ball his way Uh, Devontae adams and um deandre hopkins i think like they're a bit safer i think the safest of them all is hopkins based on his quarterback and how we know but like Wilson is just truly I would say one of the most efficient in terms of how much opportunities he's given to make those big plays versus how much of those big plays he makes is just uh, phenomenal Uh, and having somebody like Lockett who although he is um, you know 28 he still is somebody who's so good who tests the defense that it's very hard to cover him On underneath routes and then he also can do those deep deep passes and then (laughs) the same as if you're trying to cover him and then trying to cover somebody like a DK Metcalf it's almost it's almost an impossibility um so I I would not disagree um with Metcalf being number one I'm going to ask you now Sean uh, where you'd rank him I think I would still uh go Hopkins and Adams over him I think I would probably have him at number three there but the age discussion could potentially push him further but I think if I was drafting today I still would lean towards them I know you like to to go a little bit younger and I I also know you like like DeAndre Hopkins a a huge amount so what's your thoughts I would put him at number three currently where where do you have
1: him it's difficult because I think that anytime that you're in a season you know you want those guys like Hopkins and Adams but it's so important to be taking a little bit of a longer view and uh, you know with the points that Metcalf is putting up currently I mean it's not like you're actually taking uh, some kind of big blow to the to the scoring you can have in each week when you put him out there so I think he has to be number one I think that your point about Lockett is a good one and I I like these offenses where there is a number two to pull away now if you have a good enough quarterback and you don't have those other targets we see occasionally what's currently going on with Devontae Adams it's hard for me to believe that teams are not doing even more to take him away since he is a superstar operating without anyone else around him But when you look at the passing game with the Seahawks, both of those guys, you have a 24% target share for Metcalf. You have a 26% target share for Lockett. It's not that they don't use other players, but when you can get the numbers concentrated on those two guys, then that's the perfect way for an offense to run. I think, number one, just for the offense itself, but, but most importantly for us, fantasy purposes, it's perfect for fantasy because you have the volume to the guy and yet still have that... Secondary target that makes it impossible for defenses to really go out there in any given week, take someone away. Now, if we're going to look at young guys, I think that we do have to at least consider some of these other players. And, you know, maybe this would be a a situation where this is going to be a little bit of a short term peak. I mean, it's going to be a short term peak, obviously. A guy just scored 40 points. But a couple other players who might be in the conversation. We have Calvin Ridley, who's had the real breakout performance of his own this year, taking that number one role with the Falcons. Sadly, if he hadn't experienced a couple of ankle injuries, we'd be seeing even much bigger numbers from him. Then you have a couple of the the actual rookies. You have CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson held down occasionally because this Vikings team, when Dalvin Cook does what he does, they don't need to pass. Lamb being held down recently because of again that collapse with the Dallas offense but I think Lamb is someone where a year from now it's going to be very difficult to argue against him as the overall wide receiver one and then a couple of our favorites are are definitely a, a Rotovist favorite there in AJ Brown we we still have this old miss Battling uh, wide receivers Brown and Metcalf. Brown has always been the better guy, and he continues to have some big weeks. Now, for Brown owners in week eight to see Corey Davis go off, you know that was a little bit of a concern. But hopefully, again, that can be someone, or that can be a situation where Davis will help him out. The problem, just that the Titans are, are perhaps not going to have that volume. The big, the big development for the seahawks as everyone knows this year it's just that they're passing more and then a final name to throw in there really sort of off the radar right now because of injuries but with the tampa bay team looking so good chris godwin coming off of that big breakout third year uh, campaign in 2019 and actually still very young one of those fourth year receivers who is at a very good point in terms of his age curve. You know, some of the fourth-year receivers, if you came into the NFL a little bit later, are already starting to get to that age where he might sell them. Just quickly here, Colm, any of those five guys, would they be in the mix for you?
3: I, I think I was going to put this question to you, but now that you've asked me, is um, AJ Brown, just remind, just every time I see him, I'm like, comparison of current players is dk and just in terms of how big they look the other player who i just love watching at the moment based on sheer size is uh t higgins i've been hugely impressed by him this season but aj brown is somebody who uh i think if he was switched into that seattle seahawks offense at the moment i think we would be talking about him in the same way the offense obviously has been very efficient for the titans over the last two years but you know don't I? I don't mind who who wants to argue it. There's no comparison between the two quarterbacks and those two offenses in terms of what they can do and how easy they make it look. Um, the other one I think you mentioned there that's a very interesting one is uh, Lamb. I think with the injury to Dak Prescott, you know people might panic now and might think like uh you know if somebody has a team that is contenting and they're looking for that piece they might be willing to you know say because the cowboys offense <laughs> looks like it's not going very far over the the rest of the season uh, he is somebody i think could be a potential by low target at this point based on people maybe not willing to play the the, the slightly longer term game i just look I, I just think he looks uh looks tremendous so far so he's somebody i'd be actively trying to pursue but like we talked about a couple of weeks ago in the show he was somebody who has fallen far too late in drafts, so he's already on pretty much all my dynasty rosters uh, at this current moment. Uh, something else I wanted to dig up, Sean, is uh, Blair had a, a great piece up on the site this week. You know He's done great work in the past on wide receivers moving teams, and we've talked about that and highlighted that a number of times, but uh, he kind of had a, a piece kind of looking into the success of some of those guys this season, including DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, and Robbie Anderson, who all moved teams this offseason off and have all done Uh, phenomenal stuff in terms of what they've done uh, on those new offenses but just in terms of uh, Blair's work it doesn't need any introduction it's it's always phenomenal but this piece is uh, a really must read so if you haven't checked it out already I'd be heading over to rotavis.com to check that out right now but Sean I I know it's one that, that you really enjoyed if there's anything specifically that you want to to highlight in it
1: yeah blair's blair stuff is always so good and if you're you know kind of on the fence you're thinking well i've read some good stuff at at Rotoviz and i enjoy the show but you know do i need to really subscribe at this point this is one of those that i think that even though it may not change your entire view of fantasy football which some of his other articles will do just the way that he's looking at these questions I, i think will impress you and just maybe Allow you to see things just slightly differently and help make some key small decisions. Now, we look at DeAndre Hopkins, we look at Stefan Diggs, we look at Robbie Anderson. Those guys are really uh, sprinkled throughout our OT teams and some of the rest of our Rotoviz teams. Why are they on rosters given that we know wide receivers changing teams tend to struggle and tend to underperform receivers who didn't change teams? And I think that one of the answers is that those guys, just all three were so crushingly undervalued, right? When you can get DeAndre Hopkins, the best wide receiver in the NFL, at the end of the second round, then that's, that's a no-brainer. When you can get <laughs> Stephon Diggs who's sort of, uh, I mean, he's still, you know, we look at these last couple of weeks, we look at some of the things that he's doing. The Bills are not throwing the ball very well now. And so to, to, to claim that he's Antonio Brown, I mean, Antonio Brown did things, that are, are so different really still from anything Diggs has done. But if there's a player that has that similarity right now, it would be Diggs to have him available at the end of the sixth round so frequently. I mean, again, it becomes a, a no brainer right there. Robbie Anderson, a good flyer, a guy who actually broke out in his second season, but had some of those elements to him to where, you know, we talk about the fifth year breakout wide receivers and while changing teams isn't necessarily good. In, in fact, we know that historically It hasn't been that players who change going into their fifth year, move off of that first team into that second team. That's where we do see some big breakouts from some of those players to get into this Carolina offense, which seemed like it could be a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun until Thursday night in the rain. Uh, That, opportunity to get someone who had a 200 point season in year two has that speed fits well here to get him in the 16th round again i think it becomes a pretty easy choice at that point not necessarily expecting him to have the volume edge on dj more that he's had in so many of those games blair goes into this talks about why we might see some of these changes and then we're not necessarily expecting to see players of the level of Diggs, hopkins and anderson move and move maybe in situations where they're playing well right you look at an Odell Beckham who changed teams did poorly but Beckham we were already seeing that slide for Diggs and Hopkins especially we're talking about players at the very tops of their games in terms of what they did last season now Blair points out that one of the reasons that we tend to see these declines from players who change teams is that they would be already in this bucket where you're probably going to see a decline anyway he talks about how the contrast between same team and new team for receivers you have a 181 ppr average for same team a 151 for new team you have the same gap from expected points players on the same team have double the fantasy points over expectation they're almost two years younger right we know all of those things are very positive in terms of projecting receivers forward anyway and so to realize that team that wide receivers changing teams have these demerits on their profile maybe that gives us a little bit more of a sense of why we would see that continue to cluster. i think that when you have someone who's declining like an odell beckham and they move there's always this tendency to think okay well it wasn't them it was the team and sometimes that is the case Right, We've definitely seen that with a Robbie Anderson, for example. At the same time, when you're talking about premier players like an Odell Beckham who are the focal point of the offense, often when that team is willing to get rid of them, they've seen something that lets them know that maybe this guy isn't still the star
3: yeah no i would agree with that and what we see then is when somebody hits at the elite level like deandre hopkins we start to say well oh well everything else doesn't matter because we've seen one player be able to do that in one season whereas if we look at a season on season on season like blair has done we see that it it tends to uh you know he he, these guys are going to be probably the outliers as we look forward into future seasons but as sean mentioned uh highly recommend reading the the whole piece on the website and thanks again to blair for sending in the piece you can follow him on twitter at at one of my favorite twitter handles is is at at, am i the real blair um and you can also sign up and Get a 10% discount to a RotoViz subscription. You can do that by adding the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. We will be back on Thursday with another podcast and we'll have Ben Gretz join us on that to ask for some of our thoughts on the rookie running back class so far this season. So don't miss out on that one. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland as always, joined by Sean Siegel. You can check out all of his great work up on rotaviz.com until we're back later in the week have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on Rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast football is back in full swing and you might not be at a game this year but you can bet on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else Head on over to Bet Online today to take advantage of all their great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's all one word, BlueWIRE, to get your welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook
0: experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history